Welcome to the Sport Mind podcast series, where I sit down with world-leading guests and unlock the secrets to mental strength in sports. Today, before you dive into the episode, I have something special for all listeners. Are you struggling with self-doubt, overwhelmed by performance anxiety, battling inconsistency, or facing fear of failure in your sport? Are you looking to overcome these obstacles and conquer the mental game? Well, I've got just the toolkit for you. An ebook I wrote called Overcoming the Top 10 Mental Obstacles in Sport, which you can get today completely free of charge. This comprehensive ebook is a treasure trove of practical and actionable strategies tailored for athletes who want to unblock the most common mental obstacles. Each chapter offers digestible advice, providing immediate tools you can apply to enhance your mental game. Readers have been raving about the insights and the transformations they've experienced with this guide. Teresa from California emailed recently saying, your guide is brilliantly helpful. I've just been getting into it and I'm truly excited to use it to help with the obstacles I face regularly. I wrote this ebook to be concise, punchy, and most importantly, practical for immediate application. And the best part, it's completely free, a token of your commitment to your mental and athletic growth. So click on the link in the show notes right now to grab your copy of Overcoming the Top 10 Mental Obstacles in Sport, or simply visit the SportMind Hub by Googling SportMind Hub. Equip yourself today with the knowledge and tools to face those mental challenges head on. Now, let's jump into today's episode and get ready to elevate your mental game to the next level. Okay, Bart, so we're going to talk about a concept that um, can be a little bit like Marmite in the uh, mental coaching field. You know, I know some coaches are really big into it. Other coaches think it's absolutely nothing as well. And probably a lot of us are somewhere in the middle at some point. So this concept about visualization, and um, I'll kick off a little bit where I learned visualization, which I don't think was necessarily the right method. So this was maybe before brain scanning technology and how they could actually see like different parts of the brain working. Um, but visualization, when I was thought it was a lot about the law of attraction, which was about visualize yourself holding the trophy and seeing yourself win that title and see yourself living in this place and doing this. And it wasn't very um, process driven. It was all outcome driven. It was all like, right, we visualize the end results and almost kind of like keep telling yourself this again and again. And by the way, I've got no problem with the law of attraction to certain things. But when we're coming into maybe performing at our best or getting the best out of ourselves mentally, the law of attraction visualization that I was taught maybe 25, even 30 years ago now was very much see it there. But what I've read about and try practice and work on with some of my players now is a lot more different than that. And we might talk about that. But so visualization, I know I've given a big introduction there. Um, what, what what do you think about this? Uh, I mean, visual, like people use it in such different ways that it's hard. Like I feel visualization, the, the term itself is, is so broad that it's, you know, it's it's hard to have like an opinion on it. I feel like the the thing you mentioned before, I really like that. Like I, I always tell a lot of my I tell myself and a lot of people or players around me, it for me it's also a bit like fake it until you make it. You visualize yourself to be world champion in any practice. Like even I tell my kids, okay, if you're gonna be world champion when you're uh, 30 years old, then you are a world champion. So if you are a world champion at 30. It's like running a marathon. Like when you start running the marathon, you just begun. Mm-hmm. And you you can't finish it yet. You can only finish it in a few hours. So, so but if it's, it's the same. But like if you're like if you're if you if you're a marathon finisher, mm-hmm. 
you're the same person that started the marathon that fin- then the one that finished the marathon. So if you're a marathon finisher, you oh, are okay. this finisher in the beginning already. So that's why I tell my juniors as well, if you're going to be world champion one day, then you are already it. You are already this world champion because it's the same person who does it. Yes, you have more experience. So mm. in that sense, fake being a world champion every day until you make it. So I like so that. Yeah, yeah. I've that, not heard that before. So, that's a real good analogy. Yeah. So that's that's. I mean, and like I said, that that's one. That's a bit. That's also visualization. But there, there's different routes to go for me in visualization. But that's one I I use a lot myself as well. Like. I don't know if I go to a big tournament and 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 people look at me and think like who you know like what is he doing then I sometimes I also also fake myself <laughs> so so I so I you know so I, I get the job done basically yeah. so in that sense if it, it if it works for you then then go for it mm. in the end it's just what your brain believes that that that's that's working out so if you can mm. make your player actually believe he's he's a super talented boy then his his self confidence will go through the roof. Yeah. And he will actually start playing better. So it's it's actually a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense. We're, we're, we're all winging it. So that's what I hear you say. And actually, like I've even heard from like most successful people when they write books, they go, yeah, we're just winging it. And, and you know, but yes, fake it till you make it. I definitely think there's some sort of, yeah, some, some relevance in that. But I, I like how you frame it up because that's a real cool way you frame it up because that's now encouraging the, the student to act in a way on a daily process, the habits and behaviors of what the future self will be, the, the, the finisher of the marathon, the, the world champion, the successful business CEO. And it's going, okay, so what is that future self? How are they behaving today? How are they behaving in these exact moments when you might have to make a choice between kind of a good or a bad choice? Am I going to go for the pizza or the salad? It's kind of going, well, what would what would the world champion choose? Of course, you can have pizza now and then, but yeah. you get that concept that it kind of, so I, I like that idea of, the law of attraction, but in like a slightly more practical way. So that's, that's cool. I've not heard that. So I've learned something here today. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, as a side note, like when I mentioned fake it or make it, it, it I, I don't fake it because I'm not good as good enough as a person right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I want to hide something. It's more like I want to put myself in this position where I act like a world champion, basically. So it, I, I, there's obviously 90% of our society is faking it look on social media, et cetera, mm. to make it in the end because they feel like the, the their ugly self is not good enough right now. But if I have enough followers and I I put on, on enough makeup, then I'm good enough. So so mm. I that's a little cautionary note. Like I don't want want it to be something I don't want them to, I don't want them to not see me who I am now. I just want to for myself make sure I act like the champion instead of act like the little boy who's who's scared to fail basically. Mm. No, good point. Really good point. And um, and and as you know, you you sent me this note before we recorded, and and so I'm kind of paraphrasing you here a little bit, but I use this a lot when I talk about visualization that the brain can't tell the difference between the actual event and the vivid visualization of the same event, and that that's kind of really cool stuff they've discovered in the last maybe 15, 20 years with the brain scanning technology, and then that gets into the little bit more of the concept of going, okay, yes, the body knows you're not you know, performing that task, kicking that football, hitting that squash ball, you know, presenting in the meeting. But if you can exercise the same brain waves and the neural patterns, they become stronger. They become more familiar with that situation. So what I get excited with visualization is, can you play out multiple scenarios that all of a sudden you become more and more familiar with? So when it actually appears, you know what? I'm I'm slightly more armed to be able to deal with it, whether it's a 
positive situation, like you're really close to winning, but you're getting a bit desperate, or it's a negative one that you that you you're you're, you're kind of really failing and things are going terribly in the moment. If you've possibly gone there and you exercise your brainwaves, it feels like they're more of a super highway that you can go, okay, here's my problem and here's my solution. So what do you think of that? And and have you tried those methods or or, or not? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I mean, I, I heard you saying in the beginning of your story now, um, like, I, so I still want to go back to that because I find it very interesting. So I'll get back to your question in a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, like you said, the, the, the brain doesn't make a difference. And this is for me. It's super funny. Like there's there's two examples I want to highlight. First of all, they did a study on on apps training your apps, your your abdominals, mm-hmm. and that they made like three groups. One one group of people who didn't do anything. One group of people who actually did apps, and one group of people who visualized doing apps. And the the apps actually of the people who just visualized it got stronger. Not to be honest, not as strong as the people who actually did the work. Of but course. I think like at least fifty percent of the same amount. So. So that's why I also mentioned it's great training for lazy people. You just <laughs> like it, it actually works. Or or the second example I wanted to mention is there's now and it's really like kind of scary as well. Like there's there's surgeries being performed or basically not being performed. They put like the there's a huge study on that. Like they put patients under narcos so they're gone, and they're not. They actually they actually open up like the body. They're not doing anything. Wow. They just zip it up. Wow. And then the patient wakes up again. And actually, patients are cured. Are, are cured. I'm not sure if they're cured. The placebo effect is quite strong yeah. there then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So like as long as the guys wake up from surgery and since they've been under and they see like this scar on their body, apparently their body heals by yeah. itself. So I think I that's amazing. Mention, yeah, that's so, fascinating. So that's what, yeah. So, so, so the brain really doesn't know the difference between reality and, and and your thoughts so in that sense there's so much gains in that area mm. uh, so I, I wanted to mention that but getting back to your question uh yes i, I mean uh, i think it's very important to know to be able to 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 have seen all situations before it actually happens because then you will not be as much panicking as as before so if if i work with my players of course i'm going to talk about okay what happens if this especially if they play against certain other players. So if are you playing this guy today, this guy, you know, he happens to do this, he happens to do that. So how are we going to react if this happens? How are we going to react if that happens? So you play through all the scenarios and then obviously the player will still, when he's on, on his be- in his hotel room, on his bed, he will still visualize it by himself after we spoke about it so mm. i think it's a great way to be prepared for all situations possible yeah yeah and, and that's that's definitely the um the the method that i'm preferring now and and what i've heard from a lot of the athletes um quick little example ali farag talks a lot about visualizations he learned it when he was at harvard with mike way he thought it was really silly when he first started he didn't believe it in the first year but he said by the end of harvard and every single time he plays a match now he visualizes but what he does which i find interesting it's not like this formal sitting down like 20 minutes of closing your eyes and like a meditation version he does he does visualizations that are overlapping in his normal day-to-day life so if he's going to the supermarket if he's eating lunch if he's in the shower his brain just gently starts to go there and that for me feels quite a cool way to do it because you're almost uh, you're coding yourself you're coding yourself in a way that's not necessarily like enforced and like like you you're not kind of making this into a big thing you're just washing your brain in it again and again. He said he had to work really hard and he had a lot of scripted visualizations and he had to follow a script to begin with, you know, five, 10 minutes before match, close your eyes, put your earphones in and listen to Mike's voice, for example. But he says now he's developed it so much that it's just his brain goes there gently and he just activates those brain circuits. I suppose that's training the habit over time, isn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. So, so of course, the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? Mm. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy you mentioned like, like, like different players do it in different ways. Uh, so that's something I like. We promote through almost every podcast. It's like you're a unique human being. So whatever works for you, works for you. Basically, if yeah. it doesn't work for your neighbor, like doesn't really matter because you're. Yeah, you're in control of yourself. So let's look at what what's what's best for you. Yeah, and and just to add to that point, I think it's also down to possibly your age and your maturity as well. You know, yes, maybe if you're entering into a visualization and you go, actually, I really like this concept. It might need to be a bit more of a handheld approach. You need to be guided through it. You know, one quick example with me with meditation, like yeah, my first couple of years was very much listen to every audio thing, ten minutes, fifteen, twenty minutes. Now I feel like yes, I can listen to it and get guided, but equally. So so I can almost just turn it on when I want to, like in the daytime or if I want to sit down and do it for five minutes, I don't need that crutch of that audio. So that that's a good example of Ali Farag. So yeah, anyone listening, it might be more of a formal approach and then it might become less formal over time. And one thing I'm always interested in is, again, I, I bring, bring it back to what I said at the start, much more about the process rather than the outcome. So going, how am I, how am I you know, if we talk about playing a shot or kind of, you know, kicking a ball or whatever, tackling someone in rugby, it's like, let's go into the detail of the process and let's visit that again and again, because we can control the process. We can't control the outcome, no matter how much we think we can control the outcome. The more we try and attach to the outcome, the more we get in our way. So I love this idea of like outcome through process. So making sure the process is the big shining light when it comes to visualization. What's um, your thoughts on that then as well? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, it, it finds it's. I, I think it's always funny how people keep uh, stressing how the process is key, and I mean, like, for me, it's almost that logical that, like, yeah, if I'm if I'm going to be busy with winning a match, well, who's going to hit the squash ball? You know, so like, what are you going to do when you're busy winning your match? You're just in your head thinking, I want to win, I want to win. Yeah, of, of course, you have to be. If you're going to walk, you cannot just keep thinking about like, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk. No, you actually have mm -hmm. to move your legs. So I mm -hmm. always feel like this people who, who mention like, I, I'm process driven. And like, yeah, good for you because if you're not process driven, nothing's going to happen anyway. So <laughs> I like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and I think one, one, one small example with regards to visualization is it's also with kids. If I do kids training, I always tell them, for example, uh, okay, guys, it's now two all in the fifth, it's 10 all in the fifth. So it's two all in games, it's 10 all in the fifth. So it's only two more points and one of you two will become world champion. So we're, we're playing a match, best of two points, starting with 10 all in the fifth. So then that's kind of like for kids, it's like they already like, they're of course they have a bit more fantasy than adults. They're always, already like, oh, 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 just I'm now now I'm in the world final and it's 10 all, oh, this is a big point. So, so sometimes I even play tournaments where I say, okay, this tournament is like all the matches are just based on two points. Whoever wins two nice. points first wins the match. So, so I think it's also like, like you said, it depending on age as well. If you're younger, you can just leave them on on the, on the squash court and just uh, make them visualize they're in, in the world championship final ready, basically. Mm, I like that. And um, when when I was lucky enough to speak to James Wilshop on this concept of visualization, he's really big on what he calls scenario. So. Um, he did it when he won the Commonwealth Games. He actually visualized himself warming up really well, like everything was feeling great, but going five love down in the first game, going, okay, so if I go five love down, what's my response? Am I going to panic here? Am I going to be a bit desperate? Am I going to think I'm going to lose this final of the Commonwealth Games? Or... Am I going to put a healthy response in? And um, yeah, the more I spoke with James, he like unpacking what he said, he put in so many variables for the thing. He'd then go, okay, then yes, I've, I'm dealing with it. I went from love five and I'm now nine, six up. 
but I'm feeling desperate now. So I'm feeling desperate to when I'm I'm overexcited. I need to bring it back down again. And it sounds like he had, you know, put visualizations for hundreds of different scenarios, like just played them in his mind again and again. So yeah, when when he hits that moment of stress, conflict, difficulty, excitement, anxiety, it's familiar. And that's the word I keep coming back to. It's that familiar familiarity, isn't it? Um, I think that that for me is a great concept. What do you think on that? Yeah, definitely. So, so um, I think for me, there's also like kind of a balance. Like as you mentioned, I completely agree. It's like if you've seen the scenario and you're if you played the scenario in your head before, your brain your brain is not going to be as surprised when it happened. So you you you're going to be more focused because you're going to be less distracted by what happened, basically. So you you're, you're more. It's more easy for you to stick to stay in the zone or to stay focused on on whatever you're doing instead of being distracted by being five love down, for example. Mm. Um, then, um, sorry, Karen, sorry. sorry yeah, yeah, so the cautionary note I wanted to mention is like, uh, so yes, I, I agree with with planning and playing through scenarios in your, in your head. But for me, it's also like, I wouldn't recommend doing it too much because obviously you play squash with your body. And if you get too much in your head, you're going to be the university professor who's pretty shit on the dance floor. So, you know what I mean? So like in that sense, the, the body awareness still has to be key. And yes, we can sometimes make a small visit into visualization where your mind is more dominant than your body. But as an athlete, I mean, if you put a string tension, like if you, for example, with famous tennis players, if you, if you, if you put their string tension off just a little bit, they're going to notice directly. So what I'm trying to say is like, their feel for the record or their feel for their body is is so high that that that's what the, that's why they're playing so well and mm. and visualization is great because I'm actually planning through scenarios but it takes the attention away from my body and and the body is in the end the one that needs to perform the action so yes I love these things but we have to be very careful of not taking away too much attention of the body in the end. That's a, that's a great point. And yeah, thanks for making that. So yeah, because again, I think I, I might be guilty of getting too cerebral and kind of being in there a bit too much, but actually we've got to keep pushing it out. And yeah, the, 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 the nerve endings in our in our hand are what's doing the job, isn't it? Like, or if we're kicking a ball, whatever it is. Um, and and maybe one of our final little points, you, you talk about visualization might only be like a marginal gain of the bigger picture. So could you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want people to... I want people to be realistic or or like, like I want, I mean, that sounds a bit, a bit bold, but I mean, I think it's, it's good to remind people that visualization is not going to solve all your problems. I mean, if, uh, if let's easy example, if you're not a very good squash player, visualization is not, is not going to make you world champion. So I feel like you have to be very honest in a sense that yes, it, it will help you. Definitely. It will help any of us, but it's not, like it's not the main thing. So for example, if you're very ner- always nervous before a match, yes, visualization will help you. But I would rather like focus on the real problem and not run away from the real problem. Look at the real problem, really do some self-reflection instead of just simply say, okay, I'll just visualize and and it's gone. So it ha- it, it shouldn't be like a, like a tool to to not have to talk about the real sensitive stuff, basically. Mm. And it's a great point. And you know what? I think on that point, that's a really nice place to leave it because I think we, we've covered quite a bit of it, a bit of the science and some studies, but I think you make a real good point there, Bart. So no, thanks for your contribution today on visualization.